Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. Um, let's let's dive into actual stuff. So okay. I'm going to hit you with quite possibly my toughest question. Um, which one is better, strawberry milk or chocolate milk? It's really quite easy. Strawberry. Uh, you and Albert really do get along well, don't we? We, we yes. <laughs> All right. So for those of you really confused, uh, this is my friend Matt. <clears throat> He is actually a dairy farmer. Um, Matt, thanks for doing this. Uh, I know the people that are watching this, the people that normally watch my stuff, are probably very confused. Um, and and honestly, I am too. But it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna roll with we'll this because I, I have so many questions. Okay, I do. So, um, dairy farmer. You know, people think like, oh, he's got you know a couple dozen cows, and he goes out and milks them in the morning, and then puts it in a glass jar and sells it somewhere. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's not at all how this works. Right. Um, so, so can you, can you kind of fill us in? I know I know some of this stuff, but can you, can you fill us in? Like, what does your farm look like? Big picture wise. Sure. Big picture. Right here where we sit was, is the farm that my grandparents bought back in the sixties. And when they bought the farm, I think my grandparents were milking like 30, 40 cows. And so, so the numbers that we think of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Pretty stereotypical. And pretty stereotypical. They had chickens and they had pigs and they had cows. And they might have even had a horse for just getting around a, the farm. <laughs> no, as a pet, probably. <laughs> okay. I, I do know my dad had a, a horse as a pet when he was growing up for at least a short period of time. Okay. Now, my grandmother. Uh, on my mom's side, well, probably both of them, my grandmother on my mom's side, my grandma Eggman would actually tell me stories about how when she was a kid, she could remember like her dad hitching up the team of horses to go work the fields. So I can remember the stories from my grandma. Obviously, I don't remember those, but I think she was, let's see, she was 86 when she passed away in 1995. So do the math. Um, so look at, you can see how far we've come from her generation to my mom's generation to now my generation. It's amazing. We went from horse and buggy to putting a man on the moon to yeah, really autonomous this and that. Yeah, I mean they. I mean, you say your dad had a pet horse, but I I know that they didn't have a truck. They got around on that horse. <laughs> so, so forty or fifty cows and some chickens and yeah. other things. Yeah, like was this their full time? Like, did they work or did they just work at the farm? Uh, no, my my grandpa actually had a full time job besides the farm. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think um, we've got some other people at our church. I think they have jobs and yes. their farm. Yes. So I now now they have they're they're they have cows, but they're not dairy cows. No. 
They're eating cows. cows. Eating cows. Beef cows. I, I like my version better. Eating cows. So um, <clears throat> your cows being dairy cows, can I eat one? Absolutely. Every, every dairy cow has two careers. Their okay. first career is to make milk. The second career is an eating cow. So I suspect they like one career better. The first one. Of yeah. <laughs> uh, the, okay, so how many cows do you have now? Right now we have right around 1,200 adult cows. Okay. And um, so, so let's talk about your day because, you know, in, in the <clears throat> IT industry, we are all about systematizing, standardizing, finding ways to automate. And, you know, we we probably think like, oh, we're the only ones special enough to do this stuff. But I suspect you are doing that type of stuff, too, in your own way. Right. So so talk to me, like, what does a day look like? Maybe not necessarily for you, but maybe sure. just for the farm in sure. general. Well, maybe I should back up a little bit and be a little bit more... Uh, answer your question a little bit more fully on what you sure. asked me about the dairy farm and our specific farm. Now, dairy farming in general, especially in the United States, it really is a vast array of different types of dairy farms. There are still the 50 cow dairy farms out there today. Okay. And the, you could probably like make three different categories, like your uh, 200 head and less are kind of your small farms. And then your 200 to like a thousand cows or 1500 cows are your medium sized farms. And then you've got some farms that are 5,000, 10,000 cows that they're oh, milking. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of cows. It's a lot of cows. I thought you had a lot of cows. Yeah. We're just medium sized farm. Okay. But you're not a small farm. No, probably not, but. I mean, I, I don't think you are. Okay. I mean. Yeah. So like with any business with size comes scale mm-hmm. and with any size and scale comes, um, what I would call, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A specialization. So the dairy farmer that's still milking 50 cows, like my dad did when we were growing up and my grandparents, you are the guy that does everything. You are the guy that milks and feeds and you are the guy that does the field work and you're the guy that does the repair work and you're the guy that takes care of the animals. You do it all because you don't have the size and skill to, to not. And then as you get a little bit bigger, you start to delegate some of your jobs. So you hire some entry-level workers to maybe do some milking and do some of the other chores. And then as you grow, just like with any business or any organization, as you grow, then you get more specialized. Well, now you've got one guy that just his full-time job is to milk because you've got enough hours in the day that you have to milk. Or you have one guy that he's just the repair guy because you've got enough things going on that there's something for him to to take care of or fix or repair or do preventative maintenance on all the time. And now you've got one guy that he's just possibly like, there's enough animals to take care of that he is like the herdsman or the shepherd, like what you might think of. Now, do you, you don't need one of those though, do you? Um, just about, I've got, I've got really? an assistant. Yeah, I do the most of it. That's one thing I'm ready to, to start to move on and to give up and is, is that herdsman work. So, okay. When I hear herdsman, like, I think of obviously sheep first of all or goats, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like they're out in a pasture. Mm-hmm. They're like your cows just like live in a barn, right? Mm-hmm. So what are you herding? Um, it's more of a generic term. It's think of it more like caretaker, or like maybe what a vet might might do. Not that we're vets. I mean, they have the next 
you know, level of sure. their expertise, but just, you know, we know how to treat sick animals. We know what, how to identify sick animals. And there's definitely things that we can do ourselves. Well, just like, you know, when, when we get the sniffles or our, our kids get the sniffles, like, you know, there are certain things that we as parents know how to do before having to take our kids to the doctor. Exactly. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying you can take care of some of your sick animals. Right. I mean, right. Same thing. Okay. So, so you have people that are specialized mm -hmm. in, in the same way that, you know, um, managed service providers, uh, we might have, um, when we're small, we've got one or two people, just, you know, just the owner and maybe another guy and the owner's doing everything, sales, invoicing, uh, quoting, service work, project work, you know, you name it, he's doing it. But once our IT business gets large enough, maybe we've got 10, 20 people. Now we've got a projects team. We've got a remote help desk. We've got an on-site mm -hmm. help desk. We've got sales. Mm -hmm. We've got HR. You know, so so I, I think that makes sense that you have, you know, people that are specialized. You know, it's almost like you have departments, if you will, mm -hmm. for, yes, we for do. your staff. We have departments. Um. All right. So what what kind of departments do you have again? We have the milking staff, mm -hmm. which includes our parlor manager. We have a full-time feeder. We have, an, I have an assistant herdsman and we have a field crew. Okay. So I'm going to guess and you can tell me how wrong I am. Okay. Um, all right. So the, the milking crew, I mean, that seems easy enough. They just go around and they, they milk the cows, right? Well, it's all automated, but they have to physically. It's automated? Yeah. You need to watch some YouTube, buddy. <laughs> I do. Or we can just take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> we might. Okay. Um, all right. So, so talk to me about like automated milking because that sounds <laughs> scary for the cow. <laughs> no, it's not actually. I'll, I'll give you two levels. The, the, the next level is something that we don't have yet. Okay. I say yet, maybe in the future. But right now the automation consists of like we have... The cows live in their barn, but when it's time for their group to get milked, they come to a centralized holding area, and they wait there until they get milked. They come in in a milking parlor, 12 on each side. So 12 cows will come in at a time, the gate closes, and then the guys that do the work in there, they clean their teats, and then they attach the, the milking unit. From there, it comes off automatically. That's where the automation, part of the automation comes into play. That is so cool. Yeah. So, so the milking unit is basically doing this to yeah, them. Yeah, it's vacuum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then it's not even going into the, you know, the the aluminum pail bucket. It's no. It's taking it through a hose. And yes, into a pipeline, and it gets cooled. It gets pre-cooled before it goes into the actual bulk tank, which is the cooler and store. Okay. So you you do cool your milk. Absolutely. Because I I swear I I remember seeing like you know the people with their glass jar of milk just sitting on the counter like <laughs> no that would not bode well no, no okay no, it would it would go it would spoil quickly okay in that kind of heat yeah oh, so that's just a tv thing Got it's, it. yeah um all right so so the the milking crew that makes sense and how long would it would you say it takes for them to uh go from it's it's your turn to they've milked all the way through and now they're back in the barn um, it takes about for that particular group, it takes about an hour. Okay. Roughly. And 
how long have you been doing it this way with the with the automation? This particular system that we have here in this area we built in 1999. Oh, so and, you've been doing this a while. Yeah, and that part hasn't really changed too much. And do you remember, because I, I think you and I are about the same age, so uh, 99, I wasn't even graduated high school yet. Were, were you? Yeah, I graduated high school in 95, college. Oh, we're not about the same age. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. acts the same age. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's a giant child. I act younger than I am. Uh, all right, so, so 99, um, what was it like before you installed that system? Um, we had a, a milking parlor that was similar, only a lot smaller, and some of the angles and some of the way that we milked was a little differently. As far as the machine itself goes, it wasn't a whole lot different. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have a, any sensors that would pull the units off when the cow was finished. We had to physically look to see if the milk flow was stopped and then take them off ourselves. So you still weren't doing this no. pre-99? My dad never did that. Wow. My grandparents... Barely did that. Okay. My grandparents put in. So when I watch dirty jobs and they got that micro guy showing me him doing ridiculous things <laughs> like this, that's that's not the average. No. Okay. The, um, if you think about it, the average cow on our farm, our farms combined, gives like I'm going to say 86 pounds per head per day, divided over three milkings. Well, one gallon of milk weighs 8.6 pounds. That's easy math. That's 10 gallons per cow per day on average. You're telling me one cow gives you 10 gallons yes. a day? Yes, that's the average. You take some are more, some are less. Some are 10 gallons? Yeah. Some are up to 15 gallons a day. So if you tried to get. 15 gallons, your forearms are oh, like little Popeye. Squirt, squirt, yeah. squirt. Yeah, that wouldn't go no. well. All right, so the, um, the, the vacuum system that you have, I assume, obviously, it's you know more industrial and larger and all that, but it's, it's probably very similar to what women use because they have the pumps yeah. now, right? Yeah. So um, I have no idea how those work because our kids are adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so that's the milking crew. It takes about an hour. Uh -huh. If you were to get like the next level thing, um, how much time do you think that would shave off of your milking group? Well, the next level thing would be a totally different system. Got it. The robotic milkers. And they're totally different. So you got Johnny number five walking up and down milking cows? No, it's totally different. You actually put the robot in the pen, like on the side of it. Okay. And the cows come to it voluntarily because there's food inside of there that they like to eat. So, so it's not like they just sit in this thing all day long and be miserable? No. Okay. Because no. that's, you know, a, a lot of people... I don't know if it's misconception or just really bad farms that, that people learn about, you know, but like I would I would hate to know that like my cow was not able to move. Right. And and they just stood there and produced milk all day long and we sucked it out of them. And right. that was that. Like that yeah. sounds miserable. It is. Well, it, it's a combination of both of what you said. It's it's misconceptions and it's you can find anything on YouTube on anything good or bad. And of mm -hmm. course, the dramatic or the 
the jaw-dropping things of what the people go to, you know, to look at. And they think that oh, and all farms must be that way. But no, it's kind of like, uh, if you think about it, like an athlete, an athlete is not going to be able to f- perform to their best if they have a bunch of things that cause them stress in the way. If they have a cold, if they didn't sleep well the night before. Um, if, if we made them stand on a treadmill 24-7. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so the same thing with a cow. A cow is not going to produce, high, a high-producing cow is not going to be able to produce if she's not stress-free. Okay. So we actually remove stresses from the cow, make them more comfortable, and that's what allows them to give more milk. Okay. Yeah. So the, so, the more comfortable they are, the, the more they'll produce, kind of so like an athlete. what you're telling me is your cows are happy. They're happy. That's... Yeah, yeah not just California. It's in Ohio, too. That's actually really cool. Like, yeah. I, did, I never thought about it like that, but yeah, no, that makes sense. It's absolutely true. So um, do you feel like your cows perform... Uh, on par with with other you know happy cows like other high performing mm-hmm. okay um, now how do you know when it's time for the cow to go on to their next career okay well <laughs> there's there's voluntary and invent, involuntary reasons as to why they might go okay uh, if you have livestock you'll have dead stock so occasionally they'll die that's an involuntary reason. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. We we drove. He's driving around giving me a tour of his farm a couple of years ago, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, don't look at that," because I, I think my son was with us, uh-huh. and there was just like a dead cow laying there. Like, I mean, I get it, you know, it's a circle of life, but yeah. like, it's sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she was delicious. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't eat the dead ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Okay. No. Just kidding. She wasn't delicious. <laughs> You no. only eat living cows. You right. They go you to... look at her, she says moo, and you just take a bite. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you only eat cows that were killed in the slaughtering plant. Oh, that's, okay. That's a more accurate way of saying it. So um, so obviously you have some that just get old or yeah. get sick and die. Yeah. Is that involuntary? That's involuntary, yeah. If they would get injured, that's an in- if they would get a disease... You know, if they would die, those are all involuntary reasons. Um, then there's voluntary reasons. Like this cow may, sh- sure, her production may not be up to par with the rest of the herd, and it's just time for her to go. She may uh, have, um, she may not have been able to get pregnant again. It doesn't sound very voluntary to me. Like, I'm well, sure she tried. <laughs> but voluntary meaning it's my decision. Oh, okay. You know, not necessarily hers, but voluntary. So it's not like mine. she looked at you and went, I'm ready to give up this life. <laughs> Rarely does that happen. Okay. All right. So yeah. uh, voluntary, involuntary. The the voluntary we can eat. The involuntary, probably not the best idea. I got it. Um, well, you can eat all of them, just not the dead ones. If they leave the farm for, like, because they can't get pregnant, you know, you can still eat them. Sure. Right. But if they leave the farm because they got mad cow disease... No, they wouldn't have mad cow disease. Um, like, of course they wouldn't have mad cow disease at your farm, Matt. Nobody's farm <laughs> have mad cow disease in the United States. But uh, a disease like pneumonia, for example. Okay. Their lungs are just, you know, they're breathing heavy, they're, they're, they're labored, they're not doing well. You can Today still... I learned cows can get pneumonia. Yeah, cows can get pneumonia. Can they so. get coronavirus? Uh, there's actually a coronavirus, but it's not the same one. It's not okay. COVID nineteen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, so uh, as you've known, I'm sure very well by now, I have ADD. So, uh, we 
We went way up. So I was guessing what each of these jobs did. Yes, we can get uh, back to that. So we did the milk milker yeah. crew, yep. and and then there's the also the assistant herder, mm-hmm. and and you said that they they basically like care for the cows. Mm-hmm. So so they're the ones that are helping the cows enjoy life, not be stressed. So you're looking out for uh, physical, mental, all that health type right. stuff. Right. Um, are there other things that the herder would be doing? Um, Especially since they're just like they they do. Besides, when they go to the the milking gallery, mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm. so besides when they go to that, they just live in the barn, right? Right. Okay. So they just eat, sleep, and drink. And do cows sleep standing up? No. That's another myth. What happens if I knock one over? You won't. They will knock you over first. But people go cow tipping. No, they thought. don't. That was a great movie line. Tommy Boy made that famous. But it's not true. Are you sure? I've been doing this for 43 years. <laughs> okay. How much does a cow weigh? About 1,600 pounds. And if I went and tried to push on it? She would run away from you because she's not sleeping. She's awake. <laughs> okay. Or you would scare her so bad that she would knock you down to get away from you. Okay. Or she would just look at me like, that feels good. Thanks. Keep, Maybe. Keep, yeah. A little to the left. Right. Like, okay. So they're they're not asleep. Cow tipping is not a thing. No. Okay. So. I bet you anything that's what everybody is going to remember from this podcast. Don't cow go tipping. cow tipping. Yeah. I th- try it. <laughs> Let oh. me know if you can even get close to a cow. <laughs> uh, did I tell you about the time I, I met my first horse? I don't know. Uh, so my wife, she took me to a horse barn. Um, I was a little inebriated off of one glass of wine. Uh, so I really wasn't that drunk, just happy. Um, so speaking of happy, that was it happy. So I don't remember the horse's name. It was one of two names. It was happy or friendly. Either way, I get the gist. Yeah. It was sure. a great horse. Sure. It was a wonderful horse. So wonderful that it looked like it wanted me to pet it. Uh-huh. So I had my hand up and it tried to bite my hand off. And she said, oh, friendly. Oh, yeah, that horse. Yeah, friendly. Not very friendly. I said, why would they name their horse friendly if it wants to eat everyone's hands off? She looked, they Wait. Didn't, I mean, they didn't know when they got it. Like, <laughs> Wait, You of all people... Couldn't appreciate the sarcasm. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> do. Irony. Looking back, but back then, uh, scared the, the Jesus out of me, man. Like that. That honestly, like you know, I'm I'm a big baby. Okay, so like spiders and pretty much anything that's not my dog, it all frightens me. So, like spiders and whatnot, because you know what you know what I'm afraid of with spiders, Matt. I'm afraid that like you know they have their own weird little communication, right? Okay. So like. What if I kill one in my house and then like some weird like pheromone or whatever comes seeping out of it and then all its little spider buddies come into my house and they're like, it was him, attack! And they all, and then I die and it's like arachnophobia of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my fear of killing any bug. I don't, because okay. I'm afraid they'll all know it was me. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Don't tell anybody. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what, what other jobs? There's the feeding crew. 
yeah. or person, feeding person. Yeah. Uh, that one, it literally sounds like they would um, feed and then probably once the cows have finished eating, they probably have to clean out that area so it doesn't grow like mold and mm-hmm. bacteria and flies and all that crap, right? Right. Um, now, our, our friends uh, out in... Uh, not 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 west Seville. Our friends in Seville, they've got pigs okay. and goats. And I don't remember which one, but they'll go out and they'll feed hay and if a, a or straw, I don't know, whatever. The brown stuff. Uh whichever one, if it touches the ground, the animal refuses to eat it. Really? It's like it knows. And like even if you picked it back up and put it in, it'll like eat around that one. Wow, that's a very picky animal. All of the animals, all of them. So your your cows, like they don't care. If... Uh, I wouldn't say I don't care. It's it's more complicated than that. Pigs are usually the ones that don't care. They'll eat and root through about anything. It must be the goats. Probably the goats. Uh, cows can smell really well, and they definitely will go towards wanting to eat things that smell good, just like you and I would. Well, right, but like if they're eating, <laughs> and then like they drop a piece on the ground. Like, they would still just bend down, unless it landed in cow poop. Right. Even then, like, it's an animal. I just assume an animal is going to eat off of its own poop, because that's what my dog tries to do. No, cows wouldn't do that. They don't... You put their food in the poop, and they won't eat it. Yeah. It's it's gross, even to them. (laughs) It is gross. Uh, Okay, we can get off that topic. So... um, But something you may not know about feeding the cows is everything that the cow eats in a day gets blended into one mix. You know, I do remember us talking about that. Okay. So, so let, let's actually. So, you have um, possibly the vet or like a dietitian, yeah, or, or nutritionist. Nutritionist, yes. So, so this is not a person that works here. No, not. this is a third party. You yes. you have them come out every so often, yes, and and test your food. Yep. Um. So, so talk to me about that whole process. First of all, where do you get your food? And then why why do we test it and, sure. and all that stuff? Well, I'll break it down into basically two categories, grains and forages. Okay. Forages, we typically grow ourselves. They're annual crops. Like, you know, they grow throughout the spring and the summer and early fall. We harvest them, store them. Most of them are in because it's the best way to store something that's got that much volume and what the cows eat. What was that eat. word you said? Ensile, fermentation. Oh, see, I thought you were just trying to tell me you put it in silos. That's how I got his name. Oh, okay. But, yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it ferments, and that's why it doesn't spoil. Oh. Yeah. That's weird, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, all right, so what, what uh, you said those are the forages? Yes. So what foods, like what forages are you growing here? Corn silage and haylage. Okay. Corn silage is the entire plant. We cut it about six inches off the ground, eight okay. inches off the ground, and it's the whole entire plant gets chopped up into pieces about three quarters of an inch long. And then uh, it's about three, it's about a third dry and about two thirds water. So if you think about it, like two thirds of what we're harvesting is just the natural moisture of the water that's in that plant still. But that's what allows the sugars and whatnot to ferment and, okay. and allows it to ensile. So, so you, you chop it, you set about six to eight inches off the ground. Right. And then, and then you are cutting it up. Yep. And is that process done at the chopping point? Like, is yes. the tools 
yep. chopping it up for you. Yep, one machine will cut the stock off, take it through the machine, chop it up into the pieces, and then actually blow it into another a wagon so that it can take it back to the farm. And and I, I knew to ask that because I downloaded Farming Simulator <laughs> 2020. And let me tell you, that game, really boring, Matt. I told you, you need to milk more cows. <laughs> so... Oh, we, we will have a whole conversation about this game. <clears throat> All right. So so it chops it up. And then you literally can just take what it's chopped and blown and put that into storage. Yes. And it'll just take care of itself. Well, there's one key ingredient. You have to, you have to pack it in. Like these bunkers, these silos, they, you have to smoosh the air out. Got it. It has to be packed in. So it's not going to ferment really well until you've really, like... Trash compacted yes. this stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. And is there a special tool that does that? Uh, it's basically a big heavy tractor, almost okay. like a bulldozer. It's got a blade on the front, so you can push it up, and then you just drive over it with your heavy tractor, and it will. You put it in thin layers as you keep building it higher, and you just keep squishing the air out as you build the pile higher. So to clarify, your your food when I when I think of silos, I think of like. The barn with that giant thing. Yes. But you're not putting it in that. You've got like this open air, um, like cement half of a house. The rest of it was blown away. It's yes. it's in Oz or something. Like yes. I don't know who invented that thing, but it's right. genius. Right. <clears throat> so so that's that's your silo. Yes. Is that technically a silo? It is technically. It's called a bunker silo. Bunker. Okay. So. Um, I suspect that those are easier for a multitude of reasons because you can't really get a tractor into the giant. So no, you cannot. <laughs> do those have like a thing to smush it or did those just not do as good of a job? Gravity does the work on those. I mean, you know, you got to like get it up to the top yes. and then it falls down and then it all just yes. smushes itself. Yep. So the top isn't as fermented as the bottom, right, but yeah. I suspect you just pull it from the bottom yes. and then it just keeps falling and keeps gravitizing. Yes. Gra gravitizing. Gra gravification. Gra <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very gravifying. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> um what about the other type of stuff? So not the forages. Okay. So then there's just different grains. Corn okay. grain. Uh, but you grow corn. We do grow corn, but we typically chop it all. We don't. We don't actually farm enough acres to grow all of the feed for the cows for the whole year. Okay. So we have to buy some. That's unfortunate. Right. You need more farm. I know. So, <laughs> if you had more farm, like, like, is that something you would actually consider? Oh yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So, so corn feed and then soybean meal or canola meal. Those are very popular ones. I didn't realize canola was like a plant. I just thought it was some like weird scientifically made oil that I buy. Really? Look, I don't, I, I never heard of canola except for canola oil. Yeah, that's where it comes from. I just, you know, I don't know. It's like any, any of these, these grains like soybeans or canola, these high fat grains, that's what they do is they just squish the oil out. And what they have left over, it's like they call it a meal. It's like this mash. It doesn't seem very appetizing to me. It actually doesn't taste too bad. Okay. <laughs> so have have you tried all the things that you feed your cows? Absolutely. Uh, before or after they've fermented? Us both. Really? Yeah. 
So it's like safe to eat. Yes. Well, obviously it's for them, but yes. I, I, I just, I guess, I want to clarify when I say safe, I mean because our stomachs aren't used to it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, you got to be use some common sense. You wouldn't want to grab a piece that looks like it was dirty or moldy or something like that. Sure. But, yeah. Okay. Um, why do I feel like you have like alfalfa or something like that? That's like, what haylage is. It's al. It's alfalfa. Okay. Alfalfa is the name of the plant. It grows. It gets cut. It gets chopped up. It gets fermented. After it's fermented, then we call it haylage. We don't call it hay anymore. Hay is typically reserved for the dry form of alfalfa. Haylage is for the wet fermented form of alfalfa. Today I learned. All right. So um, when I drive through the country, mm-hmm. so f- for those of you that don't live in the middle of nowhere, when I drive through... Uh, <laughs> The country. When I drive down to the store for my house, um, I sometimes drive past farms and they have like it it used to be I could see like what I consider a traditional bale of hay, like a Mm -hmm. rectangle with some like straps to hold it all together. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a bale of hay to me. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I see what looks like a giant like Temple of Doom wheel of hay. Okay, And like it looks like it could do some damage if it started going. Right. Uh, so, so is that a bale? It is. It's a round bale. That is a big bale, man. Right. right. So that looks like it has tremendously, significantly more than the bale I'm using. Because, you know, when I think of bale of hay, I think of like, you know, what the kids sit on in the tractor when they go for the hay ride around October, you know? Right. But, but that giant wheel of doom, like that does not look at all comforting to me. (laughs) It would if you had to, if you were the one that had to bail them and unload them, you would really appreciate the, the fact okay. that you got to use a tractor to pick them up and move them instead of your hands. Okay, that that makes all. a lot more sense. Yes. Now, either one of those are basically the same thing. One's just bigger. Yeah, they okay. are the same thing. One's just bigger. And they're both dried. Yes. And they're hay. Yes. They're not haylage. Right. So the only difference is one's dried out. Right. And with the moisture comes a few different characteristics in that fermentation process. Sure. A little different. So to dry it out, do they just like leave it out in the sun? Yep. Okay. Just let the weather do its thing. Okay. How long does that take? In Ohio, it usually takes about three days from the time you cut it to the time that you can get it dry enough to bale it. I don't know why I assumed it would be like weeks or months. Like No. It's... But it probably takes a while to grow it again. Yeah, about 30 days. Yeah. That's tremendously faster than I expected. It is, too. yeah. It's it's usually about, you can get a cutting about every 30 days on our And here in Ohio, that means you can grow it at least twice a year. <laughs> 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 all right, so so uh, so we've got all these different types of food. Yes. Um, so I, I feel like I heard four-ish types. You've got your haylage, corn feed. Corn silage, corn, corn grain. Corn grain. Yep. Uh, and then you've got the actual chopped up corn. And then you've got that other one. Soy? Yeah, soybean meal, canola meal. Yeah. Different forms of extruded soybean meal. Uh, the, the process of how they extrude the oil makes the meal a little bit differently. And then um, I assume you just, uh, all right, cows, today you get some hay. No, no, not just some. It's very specific. You get all the hay. Like, no? 
No, more like you get 12 pounds of hay today. Okay. And but but they get more than just hay, right? Right. We don't actually feed any dry hay right now. It's it's all haylage and corn silage and sure. corn so, and all that. So you have a nutritionist mm-hmm. and the nutritionist you brought out because it you 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 learned that if you feed your cows the appropriate diet, they will provide pr- produce the optimal amount of milk. Yes. Which I, I assume optical means most. <laughs> well, it's it's like a three-legged stool. There's production, reproduction, and health. And you're trying to make sure that you're maximizing all three. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the nutritionist right now, how, how does this work then? So, so do they say, all right, get 20 pounds of this to 80 pounds of that to 5 pounds of this and mm-hmm. mash it all together somehow? Mm-hmm. So how how did they determine this? Um, they've been sampling. First, you have to know what you're dealing with. So you, okay. you do a forage analysis. You, you, you basically test it to find out what you're dealing with. You're testing for crude protein. You're testing for uh, energy levels that come in the form of starches or sugars or digestible fibers. And you're balancing with all your macro and micro minerals to make sure that those are all balanced. So, I mean, it's, they've been doing this since probably the 80s. When they've been actually came up with computer programs to help balance diets for cows and everything has just kind of evolved. I mean, it's really involved or evolved. They're balancing for not just crude protein, but specific amino acids, specific fat sources, hmm. specific energy sources. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we, we know that they're, they're testing it and then. They, they come back and they literally just send you like an email that says, here's what you feed them. Mm-hmm. And then how, how do you take it and like mix it up? Yes, we have. Well, first we get, I get the email and then I will forward the email onto our, our feeder. That makes sense. And then he will so that's be their job, not yours. Right. I get the email so that I can look at it and see what's going on and then I'll forward it to Justin and then he'll put it in the computer. We have a computer program that he will actually change the numbers. And then it will tell him, like, he, he puts in how many cows are in each group and what if it balance for dry matter intake, which is a whole other word uh, term. But then it, it'll do all the formulation as far as, like, the, the diet's are already formulated, but it will, it will put the batches together mm-hmm. so that he knows how many total pounds to feed to each group on a daily basis. So he'll put that in there. He's got a little USB stick, pulls it out of the computer, puts it into the scale head on his mixer. And then it shows him on that screen. It'll call for fifteen hundred pounds of corn silage. He'll dump in fifteen hundred pounds of corn silage. That's a lot of pounds of corn silage. It's actually a lot higher than that, but wow. Yeah. And and so so how many how many pounds of food do you have to feed one cow a day? The average cow on our farm eats. I think we're at like about fifty eight pounds of dry matter, which means if you take all the moisture out of this. And had a pile of completely dry feed, it would weigh 58 pounds. When you add the water back into it, it's about double that. So, obviously, it's not dry, everything you're feeding them. So, you're feeding them roughly 80 to 100 pounds worth of food every day. Yeah, it's more like 120 to 140 because it's, It's we actually add some water. water Okay. So, that's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. Um, 
So when I when I think about it like this, I think three thousand calories is a pound, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. How many calories is in a pound? Calories and pounds are not compatible. Yeah, I didn't、She's、think、stupid. they were. I don't think they are. Well, they they are in that like so. I'm told like if you eat three thousand <laughs> calories, you've effectively added a pound to yourself. Or if you worked out three thousand calories, you would lose. I I understand that they're not necessarily like three thousand to one all the time, but I mean if you think about it like that, like holy cow, that <laughs> no offense, <laughs> right? I mean that that is literally like three million calories a day or something crazy like that, like forty five. So okay, so that's the actual math instead of my made-up number. Yeah, forty-five thousand calories a day. Now, if you think about it, like those those things weigh a lot more than us. Yes,、uh, they probably weigh ten times the average human. Right, not quite ten times me, but、uh, so so if you think about it, like the average human should be eating anywhere from two to three thousand. Yeah, so that's kind of not bad. So two thousand, especially because you got to think like. They still think they're eating for two, right? Because well, because I I think that's like mothers have to still take in more when they're producing milk for their babies, right? Right. But you think about the amount of calories that they had to consume to be able to produce eighty six pounds of milk or ten gallons of milk. You have to eat like crazy. I mean, it's a lot of milk. It's a lot of calories. Yeah. Okay, so that's also a lot of cow poop. Yes. So cows poop. Cows poop.、Uh, you've taught them how to use the toilet. Absolutely. They poop. They flush. They flush. They put the seat down. I mean, I they're they're women. They left the seat down. <laughs> so, and I mean, who stands and poops? <laughs> they do. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> all right. So that is not at all how it works. But you do have a cow toilet. Like they just poop. And then it flushes, and it and then it just goes away. It leaves the farm. Kind of. And, and it leaves and never comes back. Oh no! It gets stored until we move it off the farm. That sounds awful. Well, can I just say that sounds pretty crappy? <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> All right. So、uh, we still haven't gotten through our jobs, but I feel、right. like we need to talk about the cow poop for a little bit here. Okay. So. You have,、uh, I'm going to call it a vat because I don't know what else to call this、sure. thing, man. Does, didn't you say it holds like a million gallons?、Uh-huh. A million gallons. That's、right. not a made-up number. That's not me guessing how many calories a cow eats a day. It's literally a million gallons. Yeah. And that's just one of how many vats you got. Yeah. You, you don't even know anymore. You just say yeah. <laughs> well, we have. Two that hold a million. We have one that holds half a million. We have a couple that hold three quarters of a million. So you can store over three million gallons of poop here. Yeah, about three or four between both farms. It's about three or four million. That's a lot of poop, man. Yeah. All right. So why? Who in their right mind is going to store three to four million gallons of poop? Well, you have to. Because our only course of dispersing it or getting rid of it is to apply it back to the fields, which is a really good gig because there's still a lot of nutrients in there. Yeah, I, I mean, it is fertilizer. Yes, it is fertilizer. So, so I understand that, like, 
you know, it's manure at the end of the day. That's what yeah. you're storing. But you're storing the, the like, not the, the manure people are used to. Yours is still, like... It's about the consistency of apple butter, if that's what you're getting to. Apple butter? Yeah, if you think of it like that. So just to clarify, diarrhea cha-cha-cha in the words of Beavis or Butthead, whichever one that was, okay? So... Uh, it's not diarrhea. There, there is diarrhea, but it's not diarrhea. Come on, man. Apple butter is, it's got to be. Wait, it's not, you can't compare it to humans. Like, it's not the same, so. <laughs> All right, so, so, so you good Lord. So your cows poop and. And pee. And yeah, they got to pee too. All right, yeah. so the pee can get. It all goes to the same place. Oh, that's probably why it's so liquidy then, huh? Um, no, I mean, you think about apple butter, that's pretty liquidy. I really would like to stop thinking about apple butter. I think we might have some if you like no, to try some. No, no, no. I don't think I ever want apple butter again, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, wow. So many thoughts. All right, so you're. you're it's only you're, one thought. It's <laughs> apple butter. It's, it's, it's a real crappy thought. All right, so, uh, how, I mean. Eventually, you're going to run out of space. Right. If, if all you do is apply it to your own fields. Right. Well, you're going to run out of storage space because they fill up more right. and more every day. And more if and more every day. That's the worst thought ever. Yeah. Uh, all right. So similar to our client's servers, he's going to run out of storage space. <laughs> and, right. And you thought your client stored a bunch of crap on their servers they didn't need. <laughs> All right, so uh, what else do you do with this with this crap? That's it. It gets supplied back to the fields, back to the land. So you don't like, I don't know, illegally dump it in a river or no, hide it in in a grocery store. Like what? No, you don't sell it to people. Actually, sometimes, sometimes, okay. yeah. So, but other farmers, but like I wouldn't want to buy it because it's not ready for me to toss in my garden where I'm right. about to grow some tomatoes that no. I'm going to eat. No, that it sounds would, awful. <laughs> yeah, well, it would need to be dehydrated before you would want to put it on your garden. And to dehydrate it, you just lay it out in the ground. Like, actually, I think they probably use heat. I've never seen one myself, but to get that much moisture out of it to be able to put it into a bag. You'd have to mechanically. So it's not like hay. You don't just lay it on the ground for three days. No. Just, Unless you live on the. Just lay it out in your driveway. Three days, it'll be fine. Unless you live in New Mexico, that's kind of what they do because of the hot yeah, air environment. That makes sense. They compile it and store it that way. That makes sense. Now, um, so how, how full are you with your three to four million gallons of poo? We we have to haul three or four times a year, so we are kind of at that point right now where whenever we get windows of opportunity to go, we go. So we just hauled some hauled uh, hauled means like takes it, haul it from the storage to the field has to go in a tanker and, and get driven to the field and then spread. That's, that's one of two ways. The other one is just to pump it through a giant hose and then spread it to the fields that way. Yeah. I, I would not want to be on the, on the wrong side of that. Hose. <laughs> it's happened. Oh yeah, that's a crappy day. Oh yeah, it's a real crappy day. All right, so so you will literally just <laughs> spread poo around your fields. Yeah, and is that when you're like 
planting as it's growing? Not as it's growing. It has to be done, especially like corn crop. You don't do it while it's growing. You do it before and after. Sounds like a real crappy meal for the cows if you do it while it's growing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Alfalfa, you can get away with putting on small amounts right after you cut the alfalfa and the ground is pretty much bare. You go, you can spread some at that time. So what happens when your storage gets full? You have to manage it. You can't let it get full. You have to be on top of it. That's one of the things that we have to manage. We're always looking for opportunities to to get it on the fields. About what ish percentage do you think you are capacity right now? Um, Right now we're probably the one farm. We just got that hauled out. So we've got, we have to haul that farm more often, but at least it's empty now. And uh, around here, we're probably just about empty. I mean, obviously you didn't like scrape. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that tank is about empty. And around here, we're probably 50%. Roughly. That's a lot. Like yeah. that is a concerning number for me, <clears throat> especially because you've got two million for sure just at this farm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of poo. It's a lot of poo. So it sounds like you didn't manage it very well here. No, we did. <laughs> <laughs> then what, why do you have so much? <laughs> well, you got to figure. I mean, okay, so we have to haul four times a year here. Mm-hmm. So every four months we're full. So. Two months ago, we were half full. So, and you can only, like, you couldn't go haul today. Like, if you look at outside how wet and sticky and muddy the fields are, outside. you can't. So, it, it feels pretty crappy walking around. If yeah. There's no crap yet. Right. I mean, it might technically have crap in it still because you haul so much. Well, it, you wouldn't notice it after, I don't know, a couple of weeks or, or so. Uh, it all just kind of grosses me out, to be honest. Eh, it's I'm all, weird. It's a cycle of life. That's you know where all my food comes from. The grocery store. The store. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Where's your meat come from? I don't know. The store. The meat plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a tree. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Donald's. <laughs> right. All right. So. Um, you, you, so what you're saying is you would actually be concerned. If if here you had less than a certain percentage, mm-hmm. because then you couldn't haul at all. Yeah. So is 50 the sweet spot here? No, I mean, like I said, it's just anytime we get a weather opportunity, we'll haul. Like looking at the 10-day forecast, there's no opportunity, um, but it's January. We're going to have some cold days sure. where we're, things are going to be crispy enough that we can get out on the fields again in February. We'll, we'll be able to. So you can't just... Sprinkle it out there whenever you want. It has to no. be. It has to be a certain time. Field conditions have to be right. So uh, I, I remember when I was younger. Anyway, it used to be a little more popular. I don't know that. I don't know anything. I never hear about it anymore. But I remember hearing about a farmer's almanac. Mm-hmm. Is that like a thing that you, as a farmer, use or would use? I don't. Um... I've read the farmer. They they still put out a farmer's almanac for every year. Mm-hmm. Like I I think I read the 2020 farmer's almanac and they're interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things like that the old timers used to judge things by that are still in general accurate. Sure. Um, so in general, they're still accurate. And if they're predicting a late spring or uh, a late fall, you know, they're based on weather patterns and weather patterns have cycles. 
you know, five year, 10 year, 50 year weather patterns, they're real. But with technology today, um, I don't read the, the farmer's almanac. I go on my phone and look at the 10 day weather forecast. And what app do you trust the most for your weather? Um, I use a, there's a company called climate okay. and they're, they're pretty big and they have weather stations around. And so I don't have to have my own rain gauge, you know, they'll have their own weather stations and they'll do an average because we have farms from one end of the farm that's 11 miles this way to the farm that's 14 miles that way. You know, that's, that's a pretty big span for me to try to be able to know exactly what's going on on all these acres. But when the rainfall report comes on my phone, I can tell, oh, Wadsworth got two inches of rain and Congress didn't get any. So then I can say, well, if it's time to do field work or whatever, or some kind of scouting, I can go kind of according to what, what I find there. That's pretty cool. So climate.com. Uh, is that, um, free subscription one time? Um, they have different levels, but I, I do pay for, for more services they have, uh, I have an app on my iPad and it's also, there's a, you go to climate.com and you log into your account and I've got all my fields on there. I've got all my cropping from 2020. I've got so much planting information. I've got so much harvesting information. It's, it's, it's also got layers that you can, you can look at your harvest information compared to your rainfall reports. So you can look at your harvest information compared to your soil analysis. And there's so many different things that you, tools that you can use to try to manage so that you can kind of try to help boost your production. So um, you mentioned your iPad. I uh, vaguely remember, you know, you driving around in a tractor and you have like an iPad there, don't mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. So what does the iPad do in the tractor besides play Spotify? And Netflix. And Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess driving in a straight line can get pretty boring. <laughs> that's actually kind of a joke among farmers now. Like, that's what we do when we plant corn with auto steer is everything is just hands off. And when things are working and your monitor's not beeping, they're watching Netflix. But. You have auto steer? Oh, yeah. You're, that's a thing? Yeah. I mean, I know Elon Musk has it in his cars, but like, <laughs> so so is it is it just smart enough to know that the field stopped and to turn around? Like no, you set your A-B points and you still have to turn on the end. You still have to do wow. the turns, but it's just like snapping a line. It'll keep you on that line the whole way around the world. That is amazing. Yeah. And because of that, you you have a straight, consistent line every single time. Yeah. Um, is that like a is like a feature that's built into tractors now? Nowadays, the newer ones are, and then there's aftermarket equipment that you can get for the older tractors. So, do you actually watch Netflix when you're driving? No, it uses too much data. <laughs> okay, so so now I'm going to pitch an idea to you. Okay. So um, uh, there's, a, there's a company called Unify. I'm okay. sorry, Ubiquity. They make Unify and some other brands of like um, Wi-Fi equipment. So they've got like outdoor Wi-Fi stuff. They've okay. got... Um, Wi-Fi, I'm going to call them satellite dishes. So you can basically beam Wi-Fi from one building to another. Okay. And we don't have to run a line. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I see like a field, but I'm sure you've got more than just the one. So, you know, depending on how much you actually cared to have Wi-Fi all around, you you could. And like, you know, I'm, I'm sure all the guys watching this are going to kill me. You could install it yourself. 
<laughs> well, it'll probably go to that someday because I've got these old 3G or 4G modems in a couple of my tractors that they say they're not going to support them anymore. Yeah. So, so here's <laughs> like this is the type of stuff that I'm actually I, I'm I'm trying to like slowly get out of you is like what are some of the the problems that farmers eventually will run into that you know us IT people would be able to help you with. So obviously it sounds like you know, getting Wi-Fi all around the farm. I mean, I, I say you can install it yourself. You could, but it would be much better if somebody else did. Mm-hmm. Like, I could change my oil, but I probably shouldn't. Right. If you guys, you guys probably know me well enough. Um, I think I told you the story about when my mom, my mom uh, has always worked in manufacturing. So she's, you know, she's important. You know, she, she sits at, you know, some executive suite somewhere now, but... Nice. She she used to work on uh, uh, the machines. She would she ran uh, CNC machines okay. when I was you know growing up. So she always had all kinds of fancy tools like you know, table saws and vice grips and clamps and whatever. Right. So I remember a few years ago, like I'm in my twenties, maybe thirty, thirty one. My mom sends me out to her garage. I'm down visiting her in Texas. She says, hey, do me a favor. Go out in my garage. It's like the third drawer in, in my... Uh, she doesn't call it a toolbox because it's the, you know, the big kind. The tool like chest. The, yeah. Well, you know, it's got the table and then the back with the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she's like, go in the third drawer on the left and uh, give me some pliers. <laughs> okay. So I go in there. I open the drawer. I see my mom, how OCD she is. She has... Literally, there's like a place, every, everything, there's like, it's not messy, you know, like everything is, is sitting in its place, you mm-hmm. can see everything, mm-hmm. and she has like 16 kinds of pliers. She's got, you know, the needle nose, the regular pliers, the kind that like does this, it's got the weird, it's, it's like got bent neck, you know, she's got all kinds, so I'm like, she just said pliers, she didn't say needle nose, right. so... I'll just get these regular looking pliers. Right. So I, I grab them and I take them to her and she says, thanks. But why did you bring me cable cutters? <sighs> yeah. Easy mistake, though. They look like pliers. They do. <laughs> Except for the sharpness on the inside, right? right. What Wire cutters. That's yeah. what, Not cable cutters. Wire cutters. Um, I'm coming to your defense here. Yeah. Easy mistake. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, you know, obviously the the Wi-Fi getting spread around here. um, And and the cool thing with the Wi-Fi is, um, you know, if if we were to install something like Ubiquity, now it's, um, it's, it's able to do like a mesh. So as you, you know, drive around, it'll bounce you between the the closest one and make sure you've got the best signal as you drive around and it all just magically works how it it normally works like in a home is as you get farther and farther and farther your signal gets lower slower um less gooder i think it's it's the technical term Mm -hmm. so um you know if we set the mesh up correctly you just always have good signal because you'll just bounce to whichever one's closest whichever one's giving you the best signal um, and not all of them have to have an Ethernet cable going into them because it's a mesh. You can actually have like a straight line of them, and this one can have 
the Ethernet going into it, and then the Ethernet just bounces. Now, as it gets further out, the signal, while you'll still have a good signal, you won't have as fast of Internet. Okay. But it's at least an option for the times where you can't necessarily get any, like maybe you maybe you're able to run power out there to the middle of a field for some reason, but you're not able to run an Ethernet. Mm-hmm. So you, you put a big pole up, you, you stick it on the top, and at least you've got a, a mesh access point out there. So uh, that's probably a terrible idea, putting wireless in the middle of a field, because I'm pretty sure that screws up your lines. Right. You cannot auto-steer around that thing. No. You're just going <laughs> to... Um, well, a couple things I'll say, like, we always talk about either cows or crops, you know, there's, yeah. and there's both sides of it. But with the cows, have I told you about our, our SCR collars that the cows wear? Uh, that transmit the... Shock collar? No. What's, I don't know what the R is. Uh, I don't even know what SCR stands for either. <laughs> That's just the name of the company. But, okay. <laughs> but no, they wear these collars and they transmit a signal to the antenna readers. And then the readers send the data to like a like main reader, which goes to my PC. And then like, I can get all this information on the cows. That's pretty cool. On the PC. Yeah. That's very cool. So that, um, is there like a piece of hardware that's connected to the PC? Yes. Okay. Yes. Huh. And then are you able to also look at that data from here in the house? Yes. I have it on my iPad, my phone. So, okay. I have an app. So does, does the data like sync to the cloud? Yes. So even if the computer like goes to sleep, at least the historical data you can get to on the iPad. Yes. Even yeah. when the computer does go to sleep, it's still updating like every 20 minutes with new information. So the computer is not an, an integral part. The device itself connects to the cloud without the computer. I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, Unless there's something in the hardware of the computer that it has to go through first before it goes to the cloud. I'm not exactly sure, but... That's possible. So um, here's one thing I've been playing with, and <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm going to try and get your gear spinning to see if maybe it gives you some ideas for your own place here or there or wherever, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I'm, a, I'm an Apple nerd, mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm a gadget nerd. I'm mm-hmm. a... I have a problem. I have an addiction, according to Adam. Um, it's <laughs> he's not far from wrong. So um, I've I've got all this smart home stuff. Okay. So I've got um, you know lights and stuff like that in the house that I can just on my phone press a button and turn my lights on and off. Yep. And then I've got the HomePod. Are you familiar with the HomePod? I'm not. It's a speaker. Okay. Um, so it's it's like Alexa. But it sounds way better. Okay. And less creepy. Okay. Um, it doesn't, it does like, so in my opinion, Amazon, uh, they're not a store or a, or a warehouse or anything. They are a data company. Um, so if you think about all the things that they're selling, like they've got, they now have the Amazon Glass version two, it's glasses. They've got Amazon Echo, Alexa, whatever glasses. Really? Uh, they've got a thing to put in your car so you can just talk to Alexa in your car. You do have Alexa? Yeah. Is it listening to me? I don't think so. I I unplugged it. Okay. (laughs) I just don't want to start like, you know, Alexa, buy a box of condoms. Like, okay, I'll show up tomorrow. Uh, Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so so I mean they've got they've got Amazon Alexa Echo whatever everything right. Mm-hmm. So um, all of that information they they basically store and sell about you. That way they're yeah. able to utilize that information and sell you more things. They they give that information to like third parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who's worse, Facebook or Amazon. Yes, I do. It's Facebook. Facebook. Um, so, so Am- Apple, in my opinion, is not anywhere near that. They, um, they, I feel like are taking our privacy much more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, they've even added they they're calling it something like a nutrition label. If you open up the App Store and you look at an app, they now tell you exactly what a- uh, data it has access to. Okay. So. Um, that's that's why I'm really excited about you mm-hmm. know using all this Apple stuff. So I've got HomePods. I've got one in the bedroom, one in the kitchen. I've got um, we've got, all got iPads. Uh, three of us have iPhones, watches, and then we've got a garage door opener that I connected using the Chamberlain MyQ. We've got some Philips Hue bulbs in the dining room and in the my bedroom. And eventually, I want to outfit more of the house with those or something like it. And then uh, we've got Ring. We've got a doorbell from Ring. I don't feel like the doorbell would do you much good. Who comes here? It's the middle of nowhere. But then we've it's also. It's really not. It's. This place I, is happening? It is. You, how many like Mormons come and visit you every week? Not Mormons. Jehovah's Witness. Same thing, right? <laughs> Actually, I would. Yeah. Someday I would like to move because it's so busy here. Well, I hear the traffic. The traffic and the people, the employees, there's always something going on. Gotcha. So you don't want to live on your farm? I would rather move somewhere a little bit more peaceful. Yeah, get away from it. In the middle of nowhere-er? No, this, you got to get out, man. Like, you go to some rural communities and farming communities, and it is literally in the middle of nowhere. This is actually very not. I mean, I feel like, okay, but again, like I'm from suburbs. I'm not from like rural neck mm-hmm. of the woods. So, yeah. you know, I joke when I say I leave my house and I, I drive past bales of hay, but I, I don't. Right. Um, if and I we, leave my house and I come here, I do though. I mean, we're literally 10 minutes from almost anything you want. And no joke, we're within 30 minutes of just about anything that you can possibly think of. The best hospitals, doctors, Whatever you can think of is within 30 minutes of here. And most anything that you would need is within 10 minutes because there's small towns all over with Starbucks. a lot of things. 15 minutes. There's one in Worcester. There's one in Wadsworth. You've got options. So I, I forget that you're like in between the yeah. two. Sterling's yeah. a weird place, man. It is. Akron is only 20 minutes away. They've okay. got some of the best hospitals, Cleveland Clinic that's, around. That's where Jamie works, right? Yeah. See, I, I forget, like, I think Akron, I'm like, oh, 40 minutes away, but for you, I guess it's not that no, bad. It's 20, 30 minutes, depending on what part of Akron you got to get to but, in traffic. But. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I got all this smart home stuff, yeah. and then I bought a Raspberry Pi. Have you heard of those? I have not. I so, like Raspberry Pi, but... I, it sounds delicious, it but it's actually a little computer. Okay. Um, so you can get one. I, I splurged on mine. It was like 150 bucks. That's splurging on a computer when it's a Raspberry Pi, okay? Okay. So you can get one on average for the 50 to 60 range, like with all the parts you need to, to have a computer. Mm-hmm. And with the Raspberry Pi, so like I said, I've got the Ring stuff. 
So I don't have just the doorbell. I've also got, um, you know, like above a garage, how people would have like a floodlight. Yes. So we've got a floodlight above the garage, which also has a ring camera on it. And then we've also put a floodlight over by the screen door on the deck. So uh, because because of the, I keep I'm probably covering my face, which you, you guys are. might enjoy. I don't know. Um, so here it's over here now. So so we got all this stuff, and like a lot of these gadgets don't actually integrate with Apple's HomeKit. So I got the Raspberry Pi, and I set up some software called HomeBridge, and now I've got all of these things integrated into Home. So I can literally say, "Hey." And then the the wake word Siri. So so I, I talk to it and I say you know hey turn on my office turn on my bedroom open the garage and it just does all of that stuff. So but but it also is able to do other things like you can get sensors on a Raspberry Pi. Like um, I've got a, a colleague I was just talking about this earlier. So for some of you that are watching this again, I'm sorry if you're seeing the same thing twice. But he's got a sensor. It's called a BME 680. And it's like a know, $20, $30 sensor. And you just solder it inside the, the pie. And this sensor uh, monitors temperature, pressure, humidity, and some kind of gas. But I don't know what, how that works. Like if it monitors my bean intake or whatever. So... So how he uses those is he puts it in like server rooms or, or that type of stuff. And, and he's, he's monitoring the temperature, humidity, and pressure. And with the pressure, because he's got like a thousand of these things across like a tri-state area and he's in Indiana. So that's a big tri-state area. Yeah. Um, not like the New York tri-state area, you know, right. Because of these, like with the pressure tracking, he can actually watch a storm geographically move through his clients sure um the the humidity like you actually want your servers to be within a certain humidity range if sure. it's too low it causes static electricity if it's too high they're drowning yeah uh temperature same thing if um if it's too high then chances are you're going to fry a computer or a server or something mm -hmm. so i i wonder if like do you have something monitoring that type of stuff for you besides like the old school thermometer, barometer type stuff you might have hanging up on the wall. We don't really have anything quite like what you described that would monitor those those kinds of things. Now, I will say, like, the chicken industry, they use more sensors like that, and then they have them open and close the curtains on the sides of the barns sure. to keep uh, the, the temperature and, and those humidity things to be more consistent. It seems to be more, and there are some dairy barns that have sensors that that automatically open and close their um, curtains for that. But well, I'm even thinking like it, it might be helpful. You have staff here 24 seven, right? Right. So it it sounds like for the most part somebody's always in the barn, mm -hmm. but you know it it might be helpful for you to get some sensors so they so they know specifically oh. It, it is now officially 105.7 degrees. I need to do a thing mm -hmm. so the cows aren't stressed, mm -hmm. like that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then have those kind of like automate some alerts for you that that tell you when, when certain weather, mm -hmm. not weather, but uh, what's the word, I'm, I'm, like environmental type effects are sure. going on. Yeah. So I don't know if, if something like that could be helpful to you. It could be. Um it would be nice to have that automated. I know 
in the in the dairy industry there's a what they call HTI index heat temperature index because it's not just the ambient temperature but it's also humidity and the combination of those two things and how they interact it's kind of how we feel too but the cows Absolutely. feel it so you know we have things like thermostats which are just basic you know 75 degrees thermostat comes on you know above 75 the fans kick on and we have sprinklers well i do they do have three stages like if it's 75 it's on for 30 seconds, off for 15. If it gets up to 85, we program it so that it's on for a minute, off for 14, and then so on. But there's... That's pretty cool. Yeah. But so, there's nothing so you, that kind of brings it together. Again, you're doing things to help make their lives more comfortable. Yeah. So you haven't given them air conditioning, but at least you've got sprinklers. <laughs> right. I would like to. I think someday somebody will come out with a way that commercial to commercially be able to air condition a barn. I mean... Why couldn't you? Right. Well, here's the biggest thing. is like a cow's body temperature is naturally like 102 degrees. Okay. So if you've got... Which, I mean, like it sounds high, but like that's just a fever for us. Right. Right. And the mass of a cow is a 1,600-pound animal that's 102 degrees. So then all of a sudden you put 100 of these things in a pen, they're producing a lot of heat. So it's going to take some big units to be able to, if you're trying to keep a room at 70 degrees and you've got a hundred things in there combating you that are producing that much heat, gotcha. you know. So, so with that, like if it were 85 degrees outside with all those cows being in the barn, is it more like a hundred degrees in the barn? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I mean like. If you didn't have any kind of mechanical, uh, cow cooling or a strong breeze or something like that. Yeah. It would be hot and stuffy. Wow. So what, what, besides like sprinklers and a breeze, what do you have anything yeah. else? Well, you've probably noticed that almost all of our barns have curtains on the side of them. So you can open up, you basically just open up the entire sides. So if there's any wind, you get the breeze. We have fans. Um, we actually measure wind speed like, I think it's five or six miles an hour is like the desired wind speed at the cow level That's to cool, cool them. Yeah. So, and then, uh, and then adding the water, the sprinklers so on top of that. Yeah. Man, that is like cow paradise. Now. I know. And they're laying on sand. It's like being at the beach with an you, umbrella. Okay. So like, it really doesn't sound all that bad for your cows. No, it's not. That's kind of the goal. I mean, it sounds like they have it better than I do. <laughs> they're, they're getting, they get to eat whenever they want to. There's feed in front of them 23 hours a day. It's a balanced meal by a professional nutritionist. Do you have that? Do you have... Well, you guess we kind of have food in front of us about all the time, but they're encouraged you, to eat all the time. We're not encouraged to eat all the time. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Uh, I have a problem. <laughs> I have a lot of problems, Matt. <laughs> I hear you. But when it comes to food, <laughs> okay, I don't know if you guys can tell, like, you've got a different view of me right now. I'm a couple pounds overweight. Um, yeah, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm going to quantify that saying that they are encouraged to eat 24 hours a day, as wow. we are not. But. So they're, they're literally encouraged to just graze all day long. Yeah. The more they eat, the more they milk. Wow. When you say 23 hours a day... And are you saying basically the one hour is when they're milking? Well, no. Because they milk three times a day. <laughs> they do, yeah. They don't, so it's they 21 don't... hours a day. Right, right. It's usually, like, that's the job of the, the feeder is he's supposed to try to estimate how much that pen of cows is going to eat in a 24-hour period. And he's 
she's trying to manipulate that within three percent. That's the goal. That's insane. Yeah, and he's supposed to he's supposed to manipulate it so that they're three percent over. We want them to actually have just a little bit more than what they could eat. So you want them to be like, you know, I don't think I'm hungry anymore. Yes. That that way, there's always just a little bit extra in there. Yes. Because you would rather them have extra than for them to just be out. Yes. Because now it's not doing its job. Exactly. Because, I mean, the cows do have a job. They do have a job. To make you some milk. Right. Milk money. <laughs> that's, that's the system that we live in. Yes. All right. So how much uh, how much staff do you have here? I should know this. 14, I believe. 14 full-time employees. Does that include you? Yes. Okay. And you are like an S-corp as a business. <clears throat> LLC. LLC. Mm-hmm. But do you file as you? I think you have to file as an S corp partnership, or tax like a partnership. Um, you have to give yourself a paycheck. I draw a salary to live off of, but technically, I would just draw earnings if if you wanted to split it up like that. But so, and and the only reason I ask is because um, you, you know <clears throat> you, you look at some of this stuff, and um, taxes are all very confusing. Mm-hmm. And and so like my understanding, you know, I'm I'm a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. I'm an LLC, mm-hmm. and I'm taxed as a sole proprietor. So because of that, I'm not allowed <laughs> to give myself a paycheck. Uh, <laughs> according to what I what I've read, they basically said I have to change my status. I can still be an LLC, but I have to change my filing status, which then adds new complications because now my business has to file and I have to file. Mm-hmm. Whereas right now I just get to file and I'm done. Mm-hmm. I suspect you have to file and your business has to file. Yes. Okay. Um, how complicated is running your farm? Um, it is complicated. Yeah. My mom does all the book work and if she, something happened to her, I don't know if anybody would know what's going on. I, nobody could just step in and do what she does. We would all have to learn a lot very quickly. So one one thing that I learned on December 20th is um, it is so important for you to have like a number two for all of your key people. Because let me tell you, it is tough. Like, you know, if hypothetically... You volunteer at a church and, you know, they have like a Christmas thing and... Like a big deal. It's like a big deal, yeah, right? Right. And and then like you're also now on staff part-time. Mm-hmm. And so you're like also a big deal. Yeah, a really big deal. <laughs> a really big deal. And, uh, and, and then you are not allowed to go to church because quarantine no, and rules no, 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 no. and... Uh, so, so... <laughs> It is scary, man. It is. Because I, you were there on the 20th, right? Yes. So what what was it like when I wasn't there? It actually went well from the standpoint of the other people really picking up the slack and just doing the best they could with it. So you didn't see all of the chaos and, <laughs> and all of the issues? I mean, <laughs> no. That's good. That means we did our jobs well. Right, right, right. <laughs> 
So I know it, there were a lot of phone calls and those. There were of, so many phone calls. Yeah. I just wanted to order my son some pizza. Adam called and I snapped at him. I feel so bad because <laughs> like it's I, I spent like 40 minutes trying to order my son a pizza because he had a free pizza from school, you know, like yeah. and every time I would pick up the phone, I'd get another phone call. <laughs> yeah. So, so like you know, I'm like 40 minutes in, and Adam calls me. I'm like, I just want to order my son some pizza. He's like, Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> I'm like, or, or no, I that that isn't even what I said. It was about it was about an SD card. I was like, I don't know where the SD card is because <laughs> like three people for for whatever you know, just everyone trying to be helpful. Like three people messaged me about the SD card, and then he calls me immediately during all that. So I respond to each of them, and then at that point, I could just say how I feel to Adam. So I'm like, I don't know where the SD card is. Yeah. And he's like, What are you talking about? I just called to see how you were doing. Jerk. Oh my gosh. No, he's like, No, no, Steve, you have to be uh, at our beck and call for the next forty. <laughs> so so yeah that um that but i do agree with what you're saying it's and we're trying to make some provisions uh this yeah. winter is kind of one of our things that we're doing this winter is trying to to get some other avenues opened up for taking care of payroll or yeah. some tax preparation or some stuff like that now you know for for it people um I know when when I'm coaching them to uh, how to quote services, for example, like what we call managed services, like if you were to say you had an office with 10 computers, 10 employees, you know, I might say it's $1,000 a month because it's $100 a user. I'm just using easy mm-hmm. numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And I would also know that my cost on 1000 my cost of doing that business is about $300, Okay. Which means I have 70% margin built in before um, I get through my actual expenses, which would cover, you know, the, the rent or mortgage or whatever for for an office, employees, uh, cars, software, like all that. So, so the cost of goods sold is a 70% margin. The expenses, not so great. Um, like, are you able to look and say, oh, here's what my margin is on milk? Like, Yeah, at the end of the day, it's hard to forecast in this business because we don't set the price for the products that we sell. Um, we don't know what the price of our product is going to be next month. We don't know what it's going to finish out this month. Like, I'm making milk right now, and I don't really know what I'm going to get paid with it until the beginning of February. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy. So... You know, for for us, it's easy because, you know, here's what I'm going to charge you. Uh, And if you don't like it, go find somebody else because I'm not going to lose money on this deal. Right. For you, you either sell the milk or it spoils. Right. So you almost have to take whatever they're willing to give you. Yes. Now, do you have multiple places? Like, are you able to shop it? Yes and no. I mean, you can shop between different processors, but you usually stick with one for a long period of time. Um, so you don't switch like from day to day or month to month, no. And usually there's like agreements. Some of them are actually contracts. Some of them are just more like handshake agreements, but usually you would want to like talk about it before you would switch somewhere else. But that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I mean, there's only so many processors. Right. 
and you can only tick so many people off before nobody really wants to do business with right. you. Right. And that will kill your farm. Yes. Because kill what it. else? I mean, what else would it? What else could you do if none of the processors wanted to do business with you? You have to dump it in the manure pit. That sounds terrible. It does. But didn't you have to do that once? We did. What, and you actually dumped it in the manure pit? Yeah. Okay, so... You can't put it down the drain. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> like, I don't even know if, like, I mean, if, if you have well or if you are hooked up to city or, like, I don't wells, know. Yeah. So, I don't even know where your drain goes. Well, like, drains that, like, your downspouts off your house and stuff, they go into the field tiles, which go into the cricks. Where's that drain go? Into the sewer. Septic tank. Okay, so you, but but septic tank isn't the same as like my sewer in the city, right? No, it'd be different. You have if you live in the city, you have an industrial sewer system which goes okay. to a big treatment facility. So if you if you were to like dump milk down your drain, and we're talking like thousands of gallons, yes, l- like you would fill your septic tank. Oh yeah. So you had to put it into the manure right. area. We don't have a septic tank for the barn. Those drains, you know, they all get tied into the to the manure pits. But except for like the downspouts, that's normal like rainwater. But if we would just put it in the downspout tiles, it would go into the you'd see all this white milk flowing through the creeks and then the streams and that's that wouldn't be good. So <clears throat> talk talk to me about the the time you had to dump your milk. What why? It was basically because of the coronavirus. So your milk got coronavirus? <laughs> Not directly, no. If you remember what happened when, when coronavirus came out in March, yeah, you know, and then the government said they, which, get me started, you know, they mandated that... Well, I'm getting you started. Okay. They mandated <laughs> that certain places stop doing business. They shut down restaurants. Okay. So restaurants, you know, nationally, locally... They use a lot of food. They use a lot of dairy products. Oh, okay. So, so they they didn't <clears throat> they didn't have enough places to send the milk. Yeah, and it was a whole but, supply but everyone, chain issue. Didn't everyone like go out and like, oh, all is lost. The sky is falling. They bought all their toilet paper. Did they also yeah. buy milk? Like, no. Well, not a part of this. I mean, there's so many different layers to this, but a lot of the stores were limiting gallons of milk. Like you couldn't like limit two. Well, why? Yeah. Yeah, how much sense does that make to have farmers dump their milk into their manure pits and then limit milk on at two per family? I know there are some other complexities, like, for example, like a restaurant that buys sour cream to put on your potatoes. They're buying bags of sour cream, and the grocery stores are selling it in quarter tubs, little yeah. tubs. So there was a whole big shift in what these processors had to do. You know, they're used to sending bags out the door on semis to restaurants, and now all of a sudden they'd have to switch and put everything in a little container. And, you know, so can they get the container? Can their line run that many products because, you know, of the... So there was a whole lot of things that had to switch. And So that is the type of stuff <laughs> that we don't think about as, like, you know, IT people who have no idea why my shelves are empty in the store. Yes. So that right there is why. Yeah. But that doesn't explain why every every store was out of toilet paper and paper towels and cleaners. And <clears throat> I think those were really like like sanitizer. Yeah. Uh, that was just people went crazy. Yeah. 
people went absolutely crazy. They did. Now I'm not gonna lie. Like if I'm if I'm in the store, like if I see they have the the Lysol all in one cleaner in mm-hmm. stock, I buy it, man. Right. That's like, human nature because it's hard to get. So it, this is like it, it is insane <laughs> that like we've all been reprogrammed. I know. So uh, keeping in mind that some people from church might watch this. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep that in mind all the time. Uh, okay, good. I hope they do. Um, all right, so <sighs> trying to figure out how to formulate this question that won't get me in trouble. Um, so you had to dump your milk. Mm-hmm. How much milk did you have to dump? One day's worth, which was about 10,000 gallons, if I remember right. How no, often? it wasn't that much. How often do you like ship your milk off every day? Every day. So they had you dump a day's worth of milk. Yeah. And 10,000 gallons, like if we're just looking at the gross, we're not worried about expenses and all that. Like how much money did you have to literally flush down the drain? I think it was $10,000. I think that's where the 10,000 came in. $10,000. And obviously you're not making a dollar a gallon or anything like that, are you? No. No. I mean, the grocery store charges twice that. Right. And you're not even making a dollar a gallon. Right. Crazy. Um, <clears throat> all right. So. And I, I'd have to check that math. That's fine. But I don't want I, I somebody mean, on. It, you know, there's a 10,000. It, it could be 10,000 gallons. It could be $10,000. Either way, it's a big number. Yeah. Um, so I also remember, like, I don't remember hearing much from you, but obviously, like, you know, your 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 wife is, um, she's got the loudest laugh ever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we obviously hear her coming. Um, but I, I remember she was, like, very worried for, like, the farm mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you guys had to dump milk. It was the first time, I think, ever in history that mm-hmm. you've been, like, told to dump your milk. Yeah. Um, well, they told us we can't take it. That's what so they, they didn't said. tell you to dump it. No, they said we can't take your milk tomorrow. So you said I scrambled to try to find somewhere to go with it. So you called other processors. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everybody was that, in the same boat. And at that point, because nobody could take it, it's not so. So it's not that people told you to dump your milk. No. It's that they said, "Sorry, we just don't have any more capacity. We wouldn't know what to do with it if yes. we took it." Yes. Sorry. Yes. You're out of luck. Yes. That stinks, man. Yeah. That really stinks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the scary part was, the disconcerting part was, we didn't know if it was going to happen again. Like, right. we didn't know if it was going to happen two days in a row. We didn't know if it was going to be once a week. You know, there were so many unknowns. And, that, and has it happened again? No, we have not had to. Not no. us. I think there have been other dairy farms across the country that have had to do it more than once. But I know we personally have not had to. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So... When, when was that actually in March when that happened? No, it was in April. It was okay. Cause I know it was real shortly after. Yeah. Cause, cause we, I remember, um, things hadn't really hit us yet. No. But we didn't go out for St. Patrick's Day. We had friends come over, like not a huge party. We just had a, uh, Jen and Scotty came over and, you know, we, we made the most delicious Rubens mm. and, I had a couple drinks during the day, which, uh, I mean, for those of you that don't, I, I don't drink very often. So, like, you know, the other day when it was New Year's Eve, I I had a good time. <laughs> and I was a cheap date for my wife. So, <laughs> so, 
So, um, so St. Patrick's Day, 2020, we were already like not able to go into restaurants or anything. Mm -hmm. Bars were closed. Mm -hmm. So about a month later, maybe not even that long later, they have you, they, they tell you they can't take it. Mm -hmm. And because they couldn't take it, I want to understand, did you not have room for the next days? We did not. Now, had you had room, could you have stored two days worth? How's that work? No, only because the, the dairy that we were shipping to at the time, they told us that we were not taking any milk on this day. Okay. And they didn't, they didn't want us to hold it over to the next day. They wanted... They know how what their capacity is, what their their milk tanks are at their mm -hmm. processing facility, what they can hold, what they needed to not bring in so that they could take the next days and they told everybody that they're not they're not taking any more we're not taking any more milk tomorrow so so even if you would have just combined the two days, they would have only taken a day's worth right well, they wanted everybody to they weren't taking what you produced for that day. Like they, they called us and said, tomorrow, we're not taking any milk from anybody. Let me, let me but not too there, there might be a few guys that can, can hold two days worth of milk production. Um, I don't think that they just said, okay, I'll hold it over till the next day. No, they had to, they had to get rid of that, that day's worth. And, and I guess, because my, my point of that question was, it's <clears throat> not like you could have pulled a fast one over on them and, okay, well, they're not going to take my milk Tuesday. Right. So I'll give them two days worth on Wednesday. Right. Drop the mic, suckas. Right. Like it, it wouldn't work that no. way. They'll they'll still show up with a tanker that only carries one day's worth of milk. Right. So you're just gonna give them half the milk you have, and now it's like mixed old milk. Not necessarily old, but well, you know, you know yeah. Technically, one milk is twice as old as the other. <laughs> technically, like. yeah. <laughs> but it's still good. Right. So. Um, from from that point on, obviously there were concerns. Mm -hmm. At what point did you finally feel like you 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 the farm was outside of the concern? Do you feel like you're outside of the concern? I guess is a better first question. I do now because we switched processors. Oh, yeah, it was kind of the perfect storm of problems with the previous processor. Um, they actually filed bankruptcy. They were oh, wow. under new management and the coronavirus and the dumping. And they actually asked us to leave and try to find somewhere else to go. So it's not even you. You were like deuces. They they asked you. In, yeah, in September. Okay. Yeah. So that was in April. Things after that went fairly well. And then September comes along and uh, they're like, uh, we would like you to find somewhere else to go. It's crazy. Yeah. And then the new processor that we're with now, I feel very comfortable. They're, they're growing and expanding. They want milk. They're paying premium. So I feel That's much, good. yeah, feel much more comfortable with, with them. So with these different processors, like, you know, I could go to <clears throat> one store and they have Smith's and another store is Dairyman's. Like, mm -hmm. is it like the, the same, like one processor is Dairyman's and one processor is Smith's? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is there a brand I'm not going to see in the store anymore? No, uh, okay. as far as like, I know the dairymans they're, they haven't like closed up shop. Um, it was just that one processor. 
they went bankrupt, but it was like, what, what is that? Chapter 11, where you're allowed to restructure, I think. So they gotcha. didn't actually shut down. It was a restructuring. Um, okay. There was a plan over in Pennsylvania, like Dean's, I think. I think they did shut down. I don't think you're going to see the Dean's label too much anymore. That's insane. Yeah. And like Dean's, we, we get here. Yeah. So so each processor is basically a brand. Yeah. Of, and and I'm going to say a brand because I don't I don't know what else to think of it as. <laughs> right. So so the processor that you used was Dairyman's. Mm-hmm. Who are you with now? Superior. I don't know Superior. Canton. So what um do they make do they do they put their milk in any products I've heard of like because um, I don't, I've never seen superior milk on the shelf. That's- yeah, they they actually a lot of milk is done this way too. They may have their own label, but they do labels for other people. Like all the milk that you buy at Aldi comes from Superior. The oh. Friendly Farms label, I yeah. believe, is Superior. Okay. Do you okay. remember when Aldi changed their jug to that yeah. like flat top jug? That's yeah. when it, this, that's when the shift happened. They Superior got that contract. Superior has a very specific jug. Gotcha. And at Costco, they have the Costco account. And so Costco wanted a stackable jug that they didn't have to return crates. So they can stack those flat top jugs on a pallet, shrink wrap them, give them the pallet and say, it's yours. We don't have anything to take back. Does Sam's Club use them too? I don't know all the accounts that they have, but if you see that flat top jug, it's a really easy I way just, to tell. I just can't remember. I think Sam's Club also has that flat top. Okay. So superior, like... When I think of uh, Dairyman's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go back to Dairyman's. Okay. Um, I think of <clears throat> they're probably just around here. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. Dean's was in Pennsylvania, and we still got their milk here. But like, I guess I just think of this as more of like a regional type of thing because I feel like it would be difficult for for you to like buy milk that was made in California. Like, right. That it, that part is true. As far as like gallons of milk, it's pretty regional. When you get into like cheeses and sour creams and yogurts and things that you can chill and then travel, it goes all over. Well, but you can chill. I mean, milk is cold. It is, but milk's going to expire, you know, more quickly than that's true. Than like a ice cream or a cheese or something Very like true. that. So, so with with milk, um, when when you're shipping it off to like say Superior. Mm-hmm. Are they then shipping some of that milk off somewhere else so that way someone else can make cheeses and mm-hmm. yogurts and something? Not the milk, but some of the byproducts of the milk. By, okay. Yeah. So so the milk itself is only used for milk. Yes. And then they they do things and stuff <laughs> to, to turn it into other things. Well, I want to be careful how I say it. Like every gallon of milk that comes into a, fl- a fluid processing plant... What they they have a machine that takes all the butter fat of, out, and then from there they add it back in to make one percent, two percent, and whole. And then anything that's left. So they actually pull it out first and then yes. put it back to make whole. Yeah. So is it the same amount they put that they took out that they put back in for whole? No, because government regulations say that whole milk has to be at least three point two five percent butter fat. And like for example, the milk I sell. Average is about 3.85% butterfat. So even if they sold whole milk, there's going to be some butterfat left over. Right. So then what do you do with it? Now, hold on a second. You said the government says it has to be at least 3.25. Mm-hmm. So yours 
is at least 3.25, even though it's 3.8 something. Mm -hmm. But are you saying that the, like, why waste 0.6-ish of it? Let's pull the 0.6 out and use it for something else and and make more money off of it. Absolutely. That makes sense. So with with that butter fat, um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is butter. Yeah. So is that is that literally butter fat? Like it's yes. just butter? Yes. So the stuff that they're pulling out of milk is just pure butter. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you, it's a process. It's a process of churning and whatnot to right. make it into butter. And you can use whole milk, and you can churn it and make butter too. Then you're going to have a different product that's left over. Whenever you make cheese, you have a different product left over. You have curds and whey. You know, and whenever you have fluid milk, you have extra butter fat that you can sell to another company that's going to make butter. Or if your processing facility does butter itself, or if you make ice cream, you're going to use the fat in your ice cream and so on and so forth. Now, obviously, like you drink your own milk here, right? Mm -hmm. So you're drinking super whole milk because it's 3.8% instead of Mm 3.25. Now, you think I'm a monster because I drink skim. <laughs> Which is completely fine. Um, it's weird. Like I, I drank two percent when I was little. I never drank whole. Okay. Um, I drank two percent when I was little, and then we switched to like one percent, and then I don't remember how I got on the skim. And then I and then I got with Nikki, and I think she was a one or two percent. So then at Giant Eagle or Walmart, they sell half percent. Do they now? Yeah. Wow. Like that's gimmicky. Yeah. So I think I switched us to like one and then I switched us to half. And then I finally got her down to skim. And Walmart, they don't call it skim. They call it 0%. Well, sure. It's marketing. Just remember, it's all marketing. We right. have a real problem with the word butterfat and fat being associated with being fat. Right. And they're really not the same thing. I mean, if, if, if having a big stomach and we called that protein, nobody would want protein. You know what I'm saying? But it's called fat, so there's automatically a negative connotation with fat. So what you're saying is you can't churn me. I could try. You can get rid of some of this. <laughs> right. All right. So um, fat, fats are healthy. Yes, I know. So I've I've been going through this app called Noom. Okay. N O O M. And oh yeah, I saw that on TV. Yeah. So I I signed up for it. Um, marketing. <laughs> But it's it's been helping me with uh, eating and whatnot. Sure. It's it's more like psychologically driven than uh, don't yeah. eat cookies. Cookies are bad. It's like no cookies aren't bad. Eating a whole row of Oreos at once is bad. Yeah. So don't be stupid. Right. So so they're just like re-educating me on how I should be eating properly, and it's it's really been helpful. Um, I can't wait to go to McDonald's and get five McDoubles after this. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like we've we've been making like all these like you know healthier meals. We've, um, I started trying to meal plan like yeah. so it, you know um, I don't know where I was going with this. Eat more dairy. That's where you were going with it. Probably yes. Probably cheese, but, yogurt, milk. But uh, yeah, so that's sour that's cream. a thing. Um, I do like some sour cream. But no, so so they even said like you know if if the label says low fat. All that means is that they've added sugars and other things to compensate for the flavor that the fat had. Exactly. In the product. If you see anything that's low fat or no fat, it's probably got like carrageenan or xanthan gum. People yeah. like that smoothness. 
if you're going to take away the fat that brings the actual texture, you're going to replace it with something to try to mimic that that yeah. creaminess or that, or that smoothness. Well, I don't think either one of those things would be qualified as eating clean if you're going to just be eating a bunch of those things. And then, like, the, the thing that I, I think is going to be real hard for me to do is just eat from the outsides of the of the grocery store because the insides are the most fl- flavorful. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like that all that processed garbage. Mm-hmm. Not that there's nothing processed on the outsides, mm-hmm. but at least like you know cheeses and sausages and that kind of stuff at least is okay mm-hmm. compared to you know en- enriched macaroni whatever mm-hmm. that that you can get from the middle. Um, all right, so. Soy milk. How does that make you feel? I mean... Because the face. I just saw that. I wish you guys... I'm going to zoom in on that later. I hope you do. <laughs> Soy milk, almond milk. I mean, if you like the drinking the juice from nuts, then that's the product for you. But it's not milk. So how small are the teats on an almond? They must be very small. Now, do they have automated teat machines i think i've seen something on youtube yes <laughs> that lines them up and and milks them yes all right now um your your wife is vegetarian <laughs> or vegan she is a vegetarian because she does not like the taste or texture of meat not because it's a conviction okay so it's so it's not like i won't drink milk oh no she cheese. drinks milk she loves milk and cheese yeah well she better i mean right she married a dairy farmer <laughs> Okay, so I think that's all. I just wanted to I just wanted to poke and see if she she drank milk or not. That's, oh, yeah. that's really all I had there. Yeah, she just I, a lot of it. I mean, there's a story behind I think why she doesn't like meat and the texture and stuff. I mean, my, my daughter's starting to get a little weird about meat, and it's it's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it's okay that she's wrong. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't love her any less. Right. I just don't love her anymore. <laughs> Kidding, kidding, Genevieve. I love you very much. <laughs> she doesn't watch this. You know, you know what she watches? She watches. Uh, what's what's her thing lately? Um, Steven Universe. And, I think I've heard of that. And, <laughs> and it's, I, I feel like it's a little like ten minute episodes. And then so so like every ten minutes, I I'm in my office and I hear the uh, the intro theme. And at the end of the at the end of the thing, like I don't actually see it, but here's what it says: "And even like that's what I hear." Like, <laughs> and uh, so I don't actually know why or what, but apparently he's an alien or something. It doesn't matter; he's special. Um, so, so that's what she watches, and she watches <laughs> game theory on YouTube. And lately, she's been watching a lot of. Um, uh, why Westboro Baptist Church is so terrible. Hmm. You've heard of Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, where have I heard it, though? It's not clicking. That's that awful church where they, like, they're anti-everything. They're okay. anti... They're, they're like, super racist. They're, they're super... Against, they're against everything. Okay. So they're the really... They're, they're not very good people. Okay. So, um... But anyway, we got to talk about soy milk. Yeah, you, so you have a lot to say here, don't you? Well, honestly, here, here's here's the reality. Like, I don't care if people want to drink soy milk or almond milk or oatmeal milk. It, if you like it, that's is fine. Is oatmeal milk a thing? It is. Wow. 
But here's the part that bothers me is I don't like misconceptions and I don't like untruths. And if you're drinking it because you've been told or think that it's more healthy for you, like you better check. You better really check the label. Um, I've read the label on almond milk. It's full of sugar. It's got mm. so many things on there that you can't pronounce. Like, it's not that clean. Like, mm. don't be fooled into thinking that it's better for you. That's my well, only thing. What are the, like when I get my milk from Aldi, what are the ingredients on my milk? Milk and vitamin D fortified. That's it? That's it. But Read I, it. I, I can't look in your fridge because you don't have one of those. <laughs> no. It says ingredients, milk and vitamin D fortified. And that was what the government said to do a long time ago to help Americans increase their vitamin D intake. Now, why haven't we added any other vitamins into our milk? I think it's probably because it's got all the other vitamins in the milk. Oh, okay. Actually, milk is high in vitamin C directly from the cow. And if you can protect it from UV light, you'll actually protect the vitamin C. Hmm. Sitting in the store under the UV lights and... That's one reason why Smith Dairy came out with the yellow jug. Really? Yeah. That's genius. Yep. Okay. They were trying to take a commodity and make it something that was a little bit more specific, brand specific, hmm. a niche. But. So I guess I, I didn't realize something as simple as UV light would kill off the calcium, which, I mean, everyone... Vitamin C. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking <clears throat> about calcium. I think I said vitamin C. We can go back and look at the tape. But. Well, let's go back and look. Let's do a replay. I don't know. We're not going to do a replay. <laughs> so anyway, um, so vitamin C, but calcium. I, I mean, everyone hears milk's good for your bones because yeah. yeah. calcium. Yeah. So the light's not going to affect the calcium. No. Okay. No. Is there like a train going by? Is this a tornado? What's happening? Uh, the furnace kicked on. Okay. <laughs> it's a loud furnace. <laughs> It's an impressive furnace. Wow. Thanks, I think. All right. So uh, do, do you have anything else that you think would be helpful for business owners or potential business owners to think about before before making the jump into starting a business or milking cows or anything? Well, there, there are similarities, but obviously they're kind of separate in some ways, too. I mean... Starting a business of farming is a business, but yes. starting a business of other things, there's, there's still principles of starting a business. Um, it would be really, really difficult for an average person like Steve Taylor to start a dairy farm because it's so capital intensive to yes. get started. Yes. So, And thankfully for IT, it's, it's not. If you have a computer, you could probably just do IT. Like. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know a lot of us are still bound by the same like tax laws and and yeah. those kinds of things. So you, you kind of have to do your homework. You have to do, know your you know be prepared because there's so many things like that taxes will kill you if you're not prepared for them. Like you think you're doing well and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, like I got to pay this percentage of tax and uh, you guys probably have some depreciation on some of your hardware stuff maybe. But I um I don't think we're in my business. I don't think we're depreciating much. Okay. Check. Okay. Um. But also, I mean, you got to think, like, what am I going to do? Depreciate a $2,000 Mac? Like, it's, I don't have, like, you know, $100,000, $200,000 tractors right. with fancy auto steer. Right. Like you do. <laughs> right. Um, a, a tractor, like, I, I suspect they, they do cost, they're up there, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you could buy a house or you could buy a tractor. Right. 
And and that has got to be daunting when when you look at the number and, you, and you're about to sign that agreement. Like, I know when when Nikki and I when we go and buy a car, mm-hmm. like before when we would actually go like get loans for cars, mm-hmm. we don't do that now. It's it's smart not getting loans. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we would go get loans, like she would just look at that number and like eight thousand dollars would make her sweat, man. yeah, and like she wouldn't be able to sleep at night, and I. I don't know what I'd do if I said, "Hey, let's go buy a two hundred thousand dollar tractor." Like, do you know? Do you know how much heat I'm going to take on the day that I, I finally say, "Nikki, I'm buying a Tesla." Like, <laughs> unless I pay cash, she's going to lose her mind. Yeah. And even if I pay cash, she's going to lose her mind. <laughs> right. It better be a twenty year old Tesla. Right. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. You, you know, I. There's one more thing I, I want to ask you about. If I recall, one of your sons, um, you gave him a cow, or or some cows. Um, with Noah, the arrangement that we have, he he is raising three steers right now, and those we, are boys, right? They castrated boys. They were boys. They were boys. <laughs> so they won't be making any milk or babies. Nope. Okay. Just some meat. Yep. Yep. But we gave him the animals and the and the place to put them. And we're actually giving him everything he needs, the feed and everything. He has to be the one that actually feeds them and takes care of them. And then of the three, when it's time to sell them, um, he's got to get one. So whatever you make off one of them, he gets to keep, basically. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So obviously the goal is to teach him, you know, what it's like to take care of some cows. Mm-hmm. Is is the goal for him to get into the family business? You know, I would like that for them, but it's up to them. I sure. Mean, yeah. Is is he is he open to it right now? I think he's open to it. I think he wants to pursue other options first, and I'm fine with that. Maybe basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I think he likes football better. To be okay. But, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what can one of those cows sell for? What are they selling for? I uh, heard someone, you know, was talking about selling a cow for like fifty thousand dollars, and that sounds like a lot of money. That would be a totally. That would be a cow that's being sold for her genetics, kind of like that stud, like racehorse or something. Got yeah, it. no, these are going to be more like. I don't even know exactly what they are right now. Let's just say they're going to weigh thirteen hundred pounds, and they're worth seventy-five cents a pound. So three fourths of thirteen hundred would okay. be what they're worth. Okay, so you know. Eight hundred to a thousand bucks ain't bad, right? Um, and and that's how how long is he raising them? I think it takes about thirteen to fifteen months to get them from birth to slaughter. And for <clears throat> I mean a high school student, that's really not a lot of work, I assume. No, once you get them off of the bottle and off of the milk, it's so much easier. It's it's a once a day thing, and it takes him literally like five minutes. Most days, and I don't know what it is, once or twice a week, it takes longer for him to, you know. And all that. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So, <clears throat> I mean, the the fact that he, he's going to put in maybe a total of 40 hours over the course of a year-ish <laughs> uh, and, and making, you know, a thousand bucks, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a solid week's work, and that's a solid week's wage for mm-hmm. someone his age. Mm-hmm spread out over a year right um but if if he were to take that and then multiply it Mm -hmm. like 
Okay, so steers. Obviously, your cows have to have babies to produce milk. Mm -hmm. So not all the babies are girls. Right. So the, the boys are steers, and you castrate all of them? Um, actually, no. We sell all the all the males. We don't keep oh. them. So Somebody else will castrate them and then raise them into steers. Okay. But not and, us. And you guys castrated these and kept them specifically for Noah. Yes. And you didn't want to use girls because those make you too much money. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. How, how long before a baby girl is able to start making you some money? Um, it's usually around 22 months old, 23 months old, till they have their first baby. Artificially inseminated, usually? We, we, we do all of our... So like a turkey our... baster type situation? <clears throat> yeah. Kind of. <laughs> You've been watching too much Jane the Virgin. I mean, I don't know what I've been watching, okay? Um, I usually just make this up as I go, man. That's the problem. <laughs> I have a very active imagination. All right, so um, 20, 22, 23 months, you give them, you give, they're giving birth. <laughs> they're giving birth. And they're six to nine months. Nine month gestation period. Just like, almost like us, because we're closer to 10. Right. So nine months gestation. So they, are getting pregnant at the 17, 18 month mark? 13. That's when we start. Wow, my math is terrible. That's okay. I, I was thinking, I then started thinking 27. Like, <laughs> all right, so you get them pregnant at just over a year old. Mm -hmm. So these are babies, Pat. They're not babies. They're babies. They're 800 pounds. You're impregnating pounds. children. We're not. <laughs> First of all, they're not children. They're animals. <laughs> they're animal children. <laughs> all right. So I think the correct terminology is a heifer. <laughs> that's not what you call a woman that you like. I learned that the hard way, too. <laughs> um, all right. So, so you get one pregnant, and then it's a heifer, or it's a heifer first? Heifer is this, is, means female. I mean, and it's it's a way to try. So you got to can you, call my wife a heifer. Yeah, actually, it's kind of weird because I would much rather technically be called a heifer than a cow, because a heifer is younger and smaller. So if you were to call your wife a heifer or a cow, a cow should be worse than being called a heifer. See, now my mom used to call me a heifer, but I think it's just because I ate like a cow, and you know. Us, us non-farmers don't know the difference between a, a heifer, a cow, a, a steer, a goat. Right. <laughs> of, I don't know, whatever. Bull. Yeah, that one. Yeah. They both have horns. Maybe. <laughs> My other dog, uh, he got headbutted by a goat once. It didn't that, look like it felt good. Oh, goats hit hard. Head to head, headbutt. Goats hit hard. Yeah, it, it knocked him on the ground, and he like shook his head and just looked around like, "What just happened?" <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and then he wanted to go sniff it again. Like you didn't learn the first time. <laughs> nope. Uh, our current dog, she—I don't know why our cat hates our dog, but our cat wants to like not necessarily kill our dog, but just make sure the dog knows don't come anywhere near her. Sounds like most cats, doesn't it? She loved our last dog, oh. and. 
Now she's just a jerk. I mean, it's some separation issues. She's just a cranky old woman is the problem. She's eight years old. Cranky old woman. Start using that. Call people cats instead of heifers. We can start a new thing. Back to soy milk. Okay. (laughs) Matt, this has been fun. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot about farming that I never wanted to know. And we've only scratched the surface. I'm sure. Yes. Now, is that another farming joke? Because that's what your plow thingy does? It scratches the surface? Yes, pun intended. Yeah. So, see? Active imagination. Right. All right. So, uh, for those of you that want to learn more about farming, please don't play Farming Simulator 2020. It is the most boring game. I've never played it, so I can't say. I mean, I it do literally, it for a living. literally, I drove a tractor up and down a field. Okay. It was awful. It didn't have auto steer. No wonder you didn't like it. It's the worst tractor in the world. Right. So, um, but I hope you guys have learned a little bit about farming and potentially what your your uh, farming customers might be into. Uh, he's he's not as weird. I thought for sure he was going to wear like a straw hat and have like straw sticking out of his mouth and just really screw with me guys, but he didn't. He came out looking like a normal person. As normal as I can be. Well, he, you know. Right. Gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. So, Matt, right. thank you very much. This has been educational and fun, and uh, I, I never want to talk about farming again. Sounds good to me. Excellent. My pleasure. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.